Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Welcome to Curious Conversations with Tully and Sarah. We sit down and chat with business owners, entrepreneurs, and some of the best conversation starters. This is a podcast about real life lessons and people doing cool shit. Well, 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 we've been keeping a little secret, haven't we? I know. And mind you, I've lost my voice. I'm very sorry. Um, The last, what is it, 10 weeks or whatever it is, I can't even bloody remember, have been interesting. We've literally been keeping a secret from you guys. I'm currently pregnant. The amount of times we've uh, been on the podcast and I've been looked at you and said, so what's news? And the smirk on both of our faces, if people could see the camera. Uh, I'm just literally like, oh, like there's a lot going on, but nothing really. Mm. But there was a lot going on. And I feel like maybe we'll do an episode next week with just you and I, and we can talk about my journey a little bit more because um, pregnancy is very different to what I thought it was. And obviously... Every time you're first, you know, you're pregnant with your first child, it is a new chapter of your life and you experience some weird things because your body is amazing. Mm. Um, so I feel like we'll have to deep dive into an episode next week. I think we will. Like, I think it will be a really good conversation. Like, have you always want, like, don't answer these now, mm-hmm. but has motherhood always been in like the picture for mm-hmm. you and things like that? I think it'll be a really good conversation. Yeah, I think so too. And I am very, obviously very vulnerable and there's so many things that I want to talk about that. I felt like it wasn't spoken about. Mm-hmm. Um, we do say it on this podcast. And again, we'll dive deep into it next week. But I found the start of the pregnancy super isolating, a little bit depressing, and I didn't really feel like myself. And I had no idea. I knew your hormones did crazy ass stuff, but I had no idea of these emotions. And I, I kind of feel like now I feel like an asshole of a friend to any of our friends that have ever been pregnant because (laughs) and I know it's different because you don't know what they're going through but I wish I had given friends more support okay yeah but like I had no idea you don't know what you don't know exactly but now that I've experienced it I honestly I yeah I am going to give more support to fellow pregnant women okay does that mean you want more support from your friends no no, I just, no, because I have a really good tribe. But having said that, a lot of women don't tell a tribe. And we talk about that on this podcast with Vanessa. Um, I don't know. There's this weird rule that you can't really tell anyone until you get your nip tests and stuff. And I did not do that because I wanted support. If anything happened, I wanted my friends to know. Um, no, I think you have, I think I had a lot of support. I don't know. I just feel like, and it's interesting since I announced yesterday, a lot of people that I know that are currently pregnant have messaged me and they're like, it's comforting to know that someone else is pregnant at the same time. I don't know. There's this weird like bond bond with women that are pregnant at the same time as you or are mums. And we talk about opinions and stuff. And I want to dive more into that next week because you'll get every fucking opinion and every bit of advice, which I I know it's coming out of love, majority Mm. of advice. For me, it has been. I know people are just like coming out of love, but my experience is going to be very different to theirs. 
So sometimes it's like, oh, maybe keep your opinions to yourself. But that's also been an interesting journey. Uh, it's so weird. But um, yeah, that's a little bit of a life update. And I've been spending a lot of time at home. <clears throat> a, a lot. Time. Um, I found it interesting. I've really had to nurture my body, listen to my body, um, which in some ways it's been hard. Mentally? Yes, but I have to remember that I'm growing a human and it's not just about me anymore. Um, Sorry, that sounded like I was getting emotional, but my voice. Um, So it's been like, that's been interesting, but I'm so grateful for one thing actually that saved me being at home is my Peloton bike because I still wanted to move my body and having the Peloton bike at home, I feel like that was a massive for me because you know, you've got obviously like world-class trainers on there and it feels like you're in a workout group. And I kind of felt like I was part of a community when I was like, not, it was weird. So it was good to have the Peloton bike and still moving my body and all that kind of stuff. The Peloton bike has been a freaking lifesaver. And I think it's really good for anyone who is a mum, a parent. I've said this before on the podcast about my Peloton bike. Um, it's been a absolute lifesaver because I feel like mentally as well, I still, and you know what I'm like, I still want to be able to move my body. And even if it was like for 10 minutes, it was kind of like, I don't know, it helped my mental state, I feel like, which was good. Um, but yeah, it's I, there's like so much I want to talk about, but we'll have to talk about it next week because it'll be, a, it's interesting. And if anyone has any questions in regards to like pregnancy or like even like our relationship, because we're obviously been very independent for a very long time together and now we're like I'm on this next chapter of my life that's like and that's the most the one thing that I'm mostly scared about is change but I know it's going to change for the best and I've got an amazing family amazing tribe around me I know it's gonna be fine but I'm fucking terrified change is scary yeah so that's like another thing that like I'm so scared about but no actually I take that back change isn't scary it's exciting if it's yeah, it's the unknown. Yeah, it's so exciting and, like, there are so many elements that I'm so excited about but I'm also terrified. So who did we have on today's episode? Yeah, so we had the modern doula, a.k.a. Vanessa. So I didn't know what a doula was, did you? I did. Oh, you did? My stepsister's a doula. Is she? Yeah. Wait, the whole time? I did not know that. Becky's a doula. Is Becky a doula? I did not know that. Yeah. Well, I had no or idea. She's done doula stuff. Okay. Well, I had no idea what a doula was yeah. until we met Vanessa. Um, yeah. Hmm. No idea. But um, yeah, how did you enjoy the episode? Because I mean, for me, it was obviously a different take to what it was for you. Um, I found it really, really interesting. I The way she goes about it is very different. Obviously, we've had a lot of exposure to pregnancy and pregnant, pregnant people and birth, mm-hmm. like I've got a lot of siblings. I've got a lot of nieces and nephews. So there wasn't too much in that sense of like episiotomy and cesareans. Mm. But you'll listen to this and it's like I've never actually thought of having like what I say a lot of it is is therapy throughout the change. Yeah. Because like you're saying, it is scary, it's unknown, and why wouldn't you want someone there to support you through this change? Yeah, and one thing that Vanessa does say is like she's there to help empower you, and mm. I love that because, um, yeah, especially for your first child, I mean any child, it's like ter- it's the unknown. You don't know what's going to happen. Like you might plan for a cesarean and then you might three weeks come early. You just don't know. So to have someone there as that extra support kind of like a mother figure like a comforting support is amazing 
And I learned so much. And she's also, as we said before, a modern doula. So some of you might be listening and think of a doula raise in a certain way. But I would say after Googling what a doula is, she's completely the opposite and in it, some ways, yeah. Even post-pregnancy, in the postpartum and even in parenting, mm-hmm. there's some great advice there for how mums can like look at it differently. Yeah. It was a great episode and I think we should just dive straight in because it was an hour, I think. <laughs> yeah. um, but And we've rambled on too much. But we will do a podcast next week where it's just Sarah and I and we can give you guys a big bloody life update. Enjoy. Ciao. Vanessa, hi. Hi. We're very excited to have you on. I feel like it's a semi-special show today. And yeah. it's a very special show. <laughs> yes, it is. And I'm so excited to talk to you because now I have so many questions. If anyone is MIA and you didn't see, I obviously announced that I'm pregnant. Yay. Yay. I'm so excited. And it's been so hard to hide it from when you are on a podcast every day and you're talking about general life, like updates, it's been so hard to hide. So I'm so happy to get it out now. Yes. But we're having Vanessa on. Now you are a doula. Yes. I had no idea what a doula was. And now I'm like so intrigued and have so many questions. Yep. Can you just give us a rundown? What is a doula? Okay. Every time I, even when people meet me in the street, they'll say to me, what, what do you do? And yeah. I'm like, oh, I'm a doula. And they'll be like, what is that? Yes. Um, and I wish it was just as simple as saying I'm a teacher mm-hmm. and everyone goes, oh, I know what you do, right? Yeah. That's good. I'm a birth worker. And what I do um, is that we we support you physically and emotionally through birth. So we give you education. We support you through pregnancy and postpartum. There's a different role of doulas and we're all different, mm-hmm. okay? So some do birth work, some do postpartum work. And there's also an aspect that people do end-of-life doulas. Mm-hmm. So that supports people in different other journey. I do birth and postpartum. Okay. So I give you full education and that's what your doula does. I almost call it like your birth bestie. Mm-hmm. So we come along your journey to give you the physical and emotional support. We're not trained like midwives, it's okay, or obstetrics, so we don't come with the medical aspect. Yes, we can give you the tools to work through pregnancy, but we're not there to give you medical advice. Mm-hmm. If that, you know, understands yeah. that aspect. Yeah. There's a perception of doulas that you've got water birth, you're there with the crystals, all these alternative yes. things. That's not what you do. You're more of a modern doula, right? That's right. Yes. Yeah. So if you do Google a doula. Which Tully did Yeah, do. I did and I was like, woof, wowee, like this is intense. I know and there is and there is a spectrum of us. Yeah. And we all do and cater different things. And, yes, there are doulas that do home births mm-hmm. and support home births. Um, I support women in the hospital setting. Okay. Okay. And so um, – what that looks like is that you have put trust in the system and we know that when you talk about birth and there's so much birth trauma, the people are against the system. And what I am very much about is educating you to make sure that you find that right team that advocates for yourself in that space. So I will not tell you how to birth. I will give you the tools to do that. Mm -hmm. And as I said, I'm your cheerleader. There is an aspect of people that will only, there's some doulas that will only support home births. Mm -hmm. Or they'll only do, you know, people, and it's funny you say that because I had, um, when I was saying that I was becoming a doula and people were like, oh, so you're going to 
do home births or mm. you're going to do water births. Yeah. And, yes, water has a great role in birth, which we can always talk about that, but it's birth changes mm-hmm. and I wish it was linear and it would always be one way, but there's so many aspects of birth. So, yes, you call me the modern doula. It's about empowering your journey. And so to really educating yourself about birth and be empowered no matter which way you birth. Mm. You know, if you say I'm having a cesarean, be empowered by that. What do you mean by be empowered by it? Well, there's a lot of stigma when it comes to birth. And one thing, and you'll notice it, that birth has, birth comes with an opinion, but it's never filtered. (laughs) Yeah. All right? So they're going to tell you, oh, really, are you sure you want to do it that way? And that's fine because people are coming out of their experiences and their journey. But if you feel that this is right for you and your partner or, you know, if you're doing a solo journey and go, you know, this is what I feel empowered to do in the sense even making those decisions with your healthcare provider. Mm. If it's your OB, a private midwife, having those conversations is really important, okay? And some people like I've seen so much trauma and there is trauma out there. It's, you know, sad that we're living in such a country that have we have the ability to birth how we want Mm. to but there is trauma still behind it. I'm wanting to get people to find a team that puts trust back in your journey. So from observation of Tull's journey, I've known from it for a very long time. <laughs> yeah, she's <laughs> Which is really longest, hard for you. Not only is it hard yeah. for her to keep a secret, it's hard for oh, you. Oh, longest <laughs> pregnancy ever. It's definitely hard for me to keep a secret. So by the time she gets like 40 weeks, you're oh, like, oh, my God. Thank God. God. <laughs> Imagine how I feel. Yes, I know. going on pages. Yeah. No, but yeah. in the sense I've watched her tell friends one by one and then them layer their opinions, well, like, you're going to have a natural, mm, aren't you? Yeah. Or you're going to breastfeed, aren't you? Yeah. And that's what I think you're talking about. It's like people throw their opinions and yeah. if you're not like steadfast in your decision yeah. of what you're going to do, why you're going to do it, it just creates doubt mm-hmm. and tell you can probably speak about it. Your yeah, experience. it's like it's everyone and I know everyone has a different pregnancy and I know most people are coming, I hope, coming out of love but yeah. It really get and it gets in my head because I'm just like, okay, that experience was great for you. I'm yeah. a very anxious person. The decision that I would like to choose, I know yeah. I want to bring a child into the world and it's got to be calm. I know people can pick up energies. I'm sure kids yeah. can too. Yeah. So I'm like the opinions, it's been really, really hard for me to put blinkers on and not listen because I know most of them are coming out of love, but everyone has such a different experience. They're going to have this forever gap. Like, I know. Like, like even when you send this one, bubs to school, they'll be like, so what, what made you pick? It's going to happen. Yeah. But at this stage, you're a sponge. Exactly. Yeah, because you've not experienced this. This is your yeah. first time. So you want to know. And you will. You'll talk to friends. So when it, when you were at 40 weeks, what? and you will, yeah. and that's okay. But as long as you understand, you're right, mm-hmm. it's their journey. Mm-hmm. It's your journey um, and that's what's important mm-hmm. because you will get a lot of information. You will go down the route of the Google world, mm-hmm. yeah, and that's what we do. We, we want it's right at our fingertips. I'm like, I'm feeling this, how do I fix it? What do I do? What do, and this is what's happening. But you've got to make sure you're reading the right information. Yeah. Yeah. So what got you into being a doula was I know you've got two two girls. Yes, that's right. Yeah. Was it your experience with birth and pregnancy or how did you get into being a doula? All, oh, well, all the above. Yeah. So I worked, I've always worked in the medical industry. Okay. 
And I, in my field, everywhere I worked, I was supporting people. So it was either through um, cancer and then I worked in IVF. Mm-hmm. Um, IVF was a big part for me and I noticed it when I worked in IVF that how many women go through journey on their own, like not talking about what's going on. Mm. Um, and it's sad that people don't share their journey and if they do share their journey, all of a sudden they stop talking about it because they almost lose their identity because people are like, so what cycle are you at? What are you going? How's it going? And you're like, well, hey, I'm me, but then I don't want to talk about it anymore. So I worked in IVF and I loved it. It was one big part of what and then big part of me basically and I just was supporting women. We were their person at the desk, you know, so when you – meet them, they're going through, they're going through another cycle or anything like that, but they weren't telling their friends or family. Mm. And then I had my own children. I left the IVF world. Um, I gave birth in the pandemic and it was my second that I gave birth with at the time and I felt alone. Mm. Um, And you think being the second, you're like, oh, shit, I know my, I should know what I'm doing. And Mm. But it's that person that I just wanted to sit on my couch that wasn't my sister. I've got two beautiful sisters and I'm very close with my mum, but I wanted someone else that was just just going to listen to me. Yeah. I'm not going to give you those opinions yeah. like, oh, you need to eat, why don't you do this and why aren't you doing this? I just wanted that ear. Mm-hmm. And I always had people come to me through their journey saying, what should I do, where should I go, what should I? And so I was like, I'm just, I looked it up and I was like, wanting to to explore it and so I did and I did it in my postpartum I studied oh wow so I studied and um yeah I loved it and I remember because you have to have so many births to get your cert Mm. and I remember at the start it was so interesting because it was really hard because you need to obviously it's like a midwife you have to have x amount of births before you go in there and it was so interesting that at the time it was really hard to get that people to trust you because yep. it's a vulnerable setting that you're in. And now I'm at 61 births down the wow. track Crazy. and I'm honoured but I also go back to the, those times where it was hard to enter a birth space. Mm. You understand when you are a doula what you carry for, for couples or the birthing mum because it's, it changes you. Yeah. Why do most couples come to you and want a doula? Oh, so many different really? reasons. Really? Really? So many different reasons. Reasons sometimes they'll say, I need you for my husband. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't need you, but then they use their husband as an excuse, but then we work together. Sometimes they've had a journey, mm. IVF, and they know that they need that emotional support. Yeah. They've also heard about birth trauma. And so the statistics shows that having a doula is less cesarean rates, um, less interventions during birth even maternal um, mental health post having wow. it, it, it. So it's all re- like reduced. Yeah. So they're reading it because there is so much birth trauma. They're like, I need someone. I need someone in that space to advocate for me. Uh-huh. Yes, I advocate for you, but I won't tell you what to do. You're like a therapist. <laughs> I was going to say that. You're literally like a therapist. Yeah, you, you don't tell someone what to do. You ask the right questions and hold space for them mm-hmm. to find the yeah, answers. Yeah, I am doing – I actually gone back to studying – and I am doing my counselling and it's interesting because people look at me and they're like the doctor will come in and tell them something and then they look at me and they'll be like, what oh. do you think? 
And I'm like, it's not. And I will then put the question back onto them mm. for them to make that decision mm-hmm. because that's also when you look at trauma and certain things, they'll say, it happened to me. Mm. I didn't have a voice. Mm-hmm. You have to make those decisions and that's what's empowering. So you, I, I have like a saying that I come in, I don't come in with my super cape. I give you your ability to tie up your own. So it's about your journey. It's never for me. And that, look, it's different for all doulas, but I don't come across like that. I really make you parve your journey into either birth or, and a lot of people talk, don't think about the postpartum. Yeah. In the sense that you were just talking about, a lot of women might say it happened to me. Yeah. Is that because they had a game plan when it came to their birth? Yeah. And it didn't go how they thought? Yeah. Both. And sometimes like within the private or public sector, it's that you're meeting your doctors at different stages. Mm. Mm. So you don't have the continuity of care. So you're also sometimes putting trust into someone that you may not know. Mm. And so you're like, oh, okay, this is because the doctor said that I need to do this. And sometimes it's just being able to have that voice to go, okay, what happens if we wait? What are the alternatives here? Can Mm. I wait you know, there are options and they're always time to discuss things. In, unless there's a code calling and there's worried about mum and worried about baby, you have time in that space. And it's with any healthcare provider. If you can't even talk to your GP, or is that GP right for you? You mm. want to go into um, being able to talk to anyone mm-hmm. and that's the same when it comes to birth. Like if you're having cardiac surgery and your surgeon says you need to do these things, you need to ask why. You mm. ask why. That's you know? so funny. And not knowing and to also understand the process. If you understand the process, when it happens, it's clearly like you understand it. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like you can process it in your mind going, I need to do X, Y, and Z because of these reasons. Mm. Really understanding birth. Mm. Understanding physiologically what's happening to you mm-hmm. as well as baby. Because everyone, yes, we know when you dilate and do all these things, but what happens to What's happening to baby when you're having a contraction? To mm. understand that process. And going back to why, and I've had people say, oh, dads get funny of having me in the space, that I would take their role. Mm. I never take their role. I can't. It's They're your, your partner. They're, that's your safety. I always just say I'm like your tour guide. I'll enhance your experience, experience yeah. but I won't take it away from mm. you. So that's just... Yeah. A little, I use a little bit of things because that's just how it is. Like you can't, and do people do get funny? Like yeah. will I take their role? I can't take their role. I get dads more involved without them realizing. Yeah. Then I get them in the space, which is kind of nice because I feel like even for me, like during the pregnancy, I feel like Damien's felt useless. Like I had quite was sick at the start. Yeah. Just feeling better now. And he's always like, can I do anything? I do I'm like, no, 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 just go away. <laughs> like, so I feel like he feels useless. But even speaking to you the last yeah. week and stuff, you make me feel so much more at ease. And I could imagine I that's why people yeah. are always working. And like I didn't even know what a doula was. Most people, I do information nights and I'll say, how many of you had to Google what I was before yeah. you came? And you know, I remember because the actual meaning of a doula is to serve. Yeah, right. It's a servant. Do you and, not know that? Yeah. So we, and so midwife is with woman. That's what the meaning is. Okay. So they're with woman and I'm there to serve the woman. Okay. If that makes, that's history a little bit. Yeah. I've got a question. So yep. when like you go to an OB, yep. do all OBs like, hey, we've got a, 
a list of doulas also if you want to have one? No. Mine didn't. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So all doulas are there. There's no. Yeah. <laughs> I was like some doulas are, were and there's a stigma about doulas and being in the hospital setting. Mm-hmm. Um, and I learned that being in that space and going to hospitals and telling them I was a doula. Um, but, but you're not like any doula. Like, you're <laughs> yeah. like the modern, the modern, the modern, modern doula. doula. Yeah. Well, but I didn't realise yeah. this because yeah. I was just like, why can't women have support? And there are, and it's because there's been a stigma, unfortunately, in the hospital settings where doulas have clashed with the medical setting. So uh, is this from the doctors and the nurses that they have that perception of you guys or is it from just anyone in general? Yeah, so doulas have this stigma of coming in there and stopping medical uh, stuff. Okay, so okay. that you know they're against this, like, like stop, don't take the painkillers. Yeah, whatever. yeah, yeah, whatever you. And so, which I didn't realize, mm-hmm. you know, even when I was doing my studies and things, I didn't realize that this was a thing. Okay. And um, I've built a beautiful relationship where I work now, mm-hmm. and I have the support from the midwives. I have obviously working with. Um, Dr. Joseph Scroy and building that that aspect within Epworth is that um, it's a team mm-hmm. and that's what I'm about. Yes, I'm a modern doula mm. but I'm creating a team environment. Yeah. It's not one versus the other mm-hmm. um, aspect. And I didn't realise that. I remember going into some hospitals earlier on and I would say, they'll say, oh, who are you? And I'd be like, oh, the doula. And they would look at me funny mm. and I'd be like, oh. And then I know some of my doula colleagues will be like, I'm her friend. Mm. And you don't, oh. and they don't say it what it was, which is really sad. Yeah. You know, but I want to change um, that anyone can access or get yeah. the help. I think you're definitely changing, well, definitely the stigma of doulas. Like, even yeah. if you look at your Instagram page, it's like, it's not hippie and like fucking it's informative (laughs) and stuff that I want to know yeah and it makes you again they do think I had a lady once said to me I expected to jump on a zoom and you're holding a candle here (laughs) I was like no and you know I'm not chanting around the fire and telling you how to do things and it's um I get yeah it's it's funny and sometimes when partners meet me for the first time they're like scared of me Mm. oh because they've Googled. Ah, uh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so yeah. they look and they're like, oh, my God, is this lady going to tell me this is, you know, and yeah. it, I'm not like that. At what stage of a pregnancy should couples engage a doula? From the get-go. Okay. Yeah. So from the get-go, say now till when this weeks, 13 yeah. weeks, yeah. what would a doula be doing at this stage of a pregnancy? Like I, you gave tell a great sh- Oh, tip the other day. I could tell you what. She yeah. had the worst morning sickness. And what did you tell no, her no, to It's do? not called morning sickness. It's, it's all, all day, day sickness. sickness. And every day and all those things. Yeah, I got her when she was having that waves is to smell an alcohol swab just yeah. to, to help with that. It's like I had no idea. Mm. Like, And I pretty much gone. And told you to eat at the end of a day having a banana or a bottle of porridge yes. before bed. Which is so brilliant because I wake up in the morning yeah. so sick because I haven't eaten for such a long time. Yeah. Um, and brush your teeth and gag. Yeah, yeah. Taking my aligners out. <laughs> no, thank you. Yeah, I'm like, oh. Um, but I had no idea about these things. And yes, you can Google it, but it's always like ginger and like mm, yeah, all these. And it's greatest. I'm not going to tell you to take a bite of ginger. No, like, no, no. If I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell you to do it in ways that you can take. Yeah, it, you know of what course, I mean. Yeah. Um, but people engage me from 
Well, for me, for example, they'll engage me because I've worked in IVF. So when they're doing uh, IVF, they'll contact me before or they'll be like, I'm having a transfer. And when I get a pregnancy, positive pregnancy, I'm going to contact you. Wow. Oh, wow. I've also had people contact me at 35 weeks uh-huh. and go, holy shit, I need you. And yeah. so everyone's very different. I, And, yes, you call me the modern doula. I come along very involved in your journey. Uh-huh. There, um, I've known people that you've got to understand I'm coming into a, it is transformation. I actually watch life change for mm. you. And so you don't want a random in your space. No, absolutely not. No. Yeah. And so there are, you know, you, we build this relationship because I can pick up in a space if you're holding fear. Yeah. I will say to you, tell it what's going on. Mm-hmm. Tell me. Talk to me. I can. I will be able to sense it in your body mm-hmm. what's happened. You want that person to know you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I do give a little bit more than most doors mm-hmm. and that's because you are in that space. I'm 61 times an auntie to many babies. <laughs> and that's because and everyone's like, what are we going to do after six weeks and not 12 weeks and now it's a breakup? And I'm like, it's not a breakup. Yeah. But it's that relationship and that's really important with your doula, with your OB, your midwife. You want someone that's involved. So when if you, if it's not me you're contacting or contacting another doula, you want to ask, what do I get? Do I only see you twice? Do I see you at the, like, what happens to you to understand what relationship you'll build with that Mm. person? I think it's funny because, and I know because you're working with Vic at the moment and you were like contacting me, contact me whenever you've got a question. And I love that because I, I was probably a bit naive with the whole pregnancy thing. I thought like, I mean, and some OBs you can, but I thought you could just like literally text an OB at the drop of a hat if you have questions or whatever, but it's actually not it yeah you, I mean you can call them and you yeah. know they do say you can call whenever if you've got questions but sometimes it's not an OB question exactly it's usually the receptionist yeah. and so it's like you don't have that that connects with them all the time which I thought you did I'm yeah. like I pay private health like I'm gonna be able to talk to my OB whenever whatever but you're literally on call 24 7 aren't you yeah and yeah. even like in the birth space they think that their OB is yeah. there the whole time just learning that now they're not <laughs> And they're only there 15, 20 yeah. minutes of a time. Mm-hmm. I'm with you the whole time. You know, yeah. I've been in a birth for 26 hours and not left that birth space. Wow. It's like walking in a casino and coming out and you don't know what time of day it is. Yeah, yeah. or it's like 6 a.m. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, well, it's happening. Yeah. And so it's literally like that I'm with you because you've got to think in that time, how many nurse shifts do you have? Mm. Oh, yeah, true. And so you don't have to retell your story. Yes. So I will tell your story and I have, you know, so it's about that. Making a calm environment. One less thing you have to think about, one less stressor. Yeah, Yeah. and not only that, for your partner. Yeah. It's okay for dads or your partner to, like, leave the room to go eat. Yeah. Or go have a drink. I don't want them hitting the deck because I haven't eaten all day. Yeah, true. Like, so I'm, you know, and I will give them a thumbs up Mm -hmm. and you're, you know, and they're okay. Um, that's what's important because yeah. they also know that you're okay. Um, single moms, they don't have that person. And, you know, they don't want their mum mm-hmm. or their best friend to be yeah. in that space. Do you do anything like breathing, like breathing techniques or can we talk about some things that you would learn during your pregnancy to help birth? Yeah. Let's that's talk about that. I want to talk about the pregnant, like if someone's <laughs> listening, like- <laughs> yeah, if someone's listening like, yeah. like what, 
how can you prepare me for this yeah. huge thing that's about to happen? Oh, well, so, how long's the podcast? Yeah. Oh, well, it can be, I need to know these things okay. so it can be as long as you so, want. So, but back to what you asked me before about birth plans. Welcome back to Chemist Warehouse Picks of the Week. Our favourite time of the week, Tal, what have you got? Okay, so this week we have the My Organics Miracle Mask, the Goji one. So this is, I don't know about you guys, but my hair gets super dry because I colour it all the time. So I'm always hydrating my hair with a hair mask. And I told you earlier today, actually, the thing that I wish I knew earlier was looking after my hair health. And so now a hair mask has become a part of my weekly routine when I wash it. Exactly. And I love doing this on like a Sunday, like a little self-care Sunday. It's just throwing in the My Organics mask and then chucking on some music and just chilling. So you can get this available from Chemo's Warehouse and it's nice and big too. So it's going to last a long time. And it leaves your hair feeling super soft and luxe. Yeah. Yes, Yes. birth plans are great when you are in the public setting so people, when you're meeting your doctor Mm -hmm. for the first time, to understand. But don't be fixated on a plan. That's what I'm learning. All right, so I don't get my clients to have a birth plan. Oh, you don't? I I understand what their needs Mm -hmm. are and we advocate it when it needs to be. Because that's one thing I'm learning, sorry, mm -hmm. that's one thing I'm learning. Like I obviously have something that I would prefer but I also am not getting attached to that outcome because I don't know what's going to happen before. Everyone visualises the birth. Yeah. It's one of the first sessions I'll say to you and I'll say, so tell me, generally I don't ask the pregnant, if they've got a husband or a partner, I'll say, tell me what you picture the birth to be. Oh, the partner, yeah. Yeah. I know it's about you. Yeah. No, but it's like, I've do you know what I mean? And they're, they're yeah. yeah. So I say, what do you, and generally it's two things. I just want mum to be safe and baby and, to yeah. be safe. Right? Yeah. Then you ask the mum and they'll be like, well, I want this. And I, and they have this idea. It's like they would day they get married or they mm-hmm. want to, and they have this e- expectation, which is great, but we talk about it. We unpack it a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. We talk about stages of labour and getting you prepared what to do in your birth space if you're birthing in a hospital because we want to mimic where you feel safe and that's being at home, so giving you tools to do that. Mm-hmm. But the biggest thing is to, as I said, not to be fixated. Yeah. And so there's so many people that we understand that you, you know, your bodies are built to have babies, mm-hmm. yeah. We want to understand if you were to go spontaneously and that that's meaning that your waters break. And mm-hmm. it's not always like the movies where you're going to be at Coles and you're... I had no <laughs> idea about that either. Yeah, <laughs> your waters break. Sometimes you get contractions and your waters don't break until the baby's coming. Mm-hmm. But sometimes you need medical help. Yeah. But I don't... What I want to do is to help not be afraid of the system. Mm-hmm. You know, if you were going in, like I said, to have cardiac surgery, would you fight the system? No. And that's different. And and it's not that that person that has cardiac surgery doesn't have trauma mm-hmm. coming out of it. Yeah, we know. You know, cardiac surgery, they give you counselling <coughs> and all those processes to deal with what's happened. Mm-hmm. It's the same process. You need to understand, like, knowledge is power. Like, yes, you can get me, but I'll say if someone says to me, can I read this book? Of course you can. Mm-hmm. Because you'll pick up something out of it. It may not all completely align to you, but what is really important is your voice, what you learn, what, like, there is never not enough, like, Mm. knowledge, especially when it comes to birth space. If someone's listening to this and they're they're like, oh, God, my birth, I had an episiotomy or, like, I... Forceps. Exactly. Or I had to have an emergency caesarean, how can they, listening, 
to this right now, yeah. but reverse that trauma? Well, it depends on where they they are at. Mm-hmm. So if they've finished their family, mm-hmm. um, I would definitely seek treatment. Yeah. And it's good to talk about it. You know, yeah. it's very much important to get that counselling, to discuss it, to understand. Sometimes if it's a provider that you're not happy with, go back and have a chat with them. Oh, wow. mm. yeah. Well, that's my advice. I'd say mm-hmm. to you, well, you know, this is what happened. I need to know why and explain it to me. Mm-hmm. Why is this something that, you know, and, or I do a lot of therapy. I was like, write a letter as to that person that you wouldn't send mm-hmm. and almost release it. And a lot of it is is that you've got to, you've got to unpack your trauma and really understand that, you know, unfortunately it does happen and that, it's it's not you. Mm. It's not, yes, the system may have failed you, but it's not you. And mm. it's and I think that's where people hold that guilt on to them. And they do remember it for a long time because it stays with you. But As in like mums might already feel mother's guilt, like that I wasn't, be able to, I wasn't able to birth my child like a certain way. I had I, two caesareans and yeah. if someone told me that I was less of a mother because I had caesareans, mm. I would tell them sorry to fuck off. Yeah. yeah. And or that, like breastfeeding, yeah. like you you don't want to breastfeed your kid well. Like Yeah, and that's yeah. where those opinions and stigmas come. But if I want women to say I had a caesarean, that's it. Not I had mm. to have a caesarean. Mm. Yes, and I don't call them, I take the word of stigma out is an emergency cesarean, I call them unplanned. Which I love because yeah. you're, you're, <laughs> you're already changing the mindset and the language used yes. around so it. then that's where you want to be able to discuss those things mm-hmm. with mm. your providers and that's where knowledge is and to know like when you are going into a system, talk about it. Mm. What are your alternatives? What are we doing? Well, what, you know, and even if it's not birth trauma, we have a lot of postpartum trauma. And it's yeah. when it comes to breastfeeding, What's, that association yeah. of yeah. it all. You know, I was so focused. I had to pump. I had to do those things. I get people even contact me at five months down the track. No way. Just to say I need to to release that. So I work with a kinesiologist and what we do is that we sort of unpack it, what comes up, and then I debrief it. So mm-hmm. a lot of people will contact me even for a debrief of a birth. Yeah. Um, or it's that person they just want to talk to and it's got nothing, I don't need to do anything. When it comes to postpartum doulas, we all do different things. You mm. know, some doulas come and cook oh, for wow. you. Yeah. yeah. And they do, and so they would talk about nourishment and making sure that you're fed. Mm-hmm. I had one client of mine, we had, I support her and baby and she had a doula that cooked. Oh, wow. So there was two of us and we worked together. Yeah. And so that's everyone's needs are different. When the postpartum journeys, I help you create your own village. Mm-hmm. So and give you the confidence that you don't always need me there. Yeah. Everyone's like, but I don't. But I give you that getting you to have work with physios, you know, lactation consultants, mm-hmm. building a good rapport with a pediatrician um, and ongoing aspects yep. of because yeah. I know, I think we said this last week, for me, part of my journey is I'm most scared about the postpartum. I'm not scared about the pregnancy, yeah. birth, like I'm like whatever happens, happens. Yeah. That The post, that frightens the crap out of me. Not about raising a human, like I know I'm fully capable. It's more about lifestyle changes. Yep. Um, my hormones, emotions, the support. Even though I've got an amazing partner, amazing yeah. friendship, amazing family, I know I'll have support. But yeah. That's the most challenging part for me and I'm already thinking about it but I'm not trying to think about it because I'm like, 
I know the thought process, like you think too much in the future yeah, and yeah. stuff like that, you shouldn't do it. But I'm most I know, I that. always tell people focus on the steps in front of you. Exactly. And I know like up here already. And I know this and I'm very an anxious person, so I know that's how my brain works and I'm trying to reverse it. But that for me, I'm like to have that support in that part of the pregnancy or post-pregnancy, I think is amazing because it's you're literally it's a new chapter. Yeah. And that scares the shit out of me. And you want that, like, is this normal? Yeah. Do I you're like, is this okay? And sometimes like I went back to Google, we want to fix things. Yes. So we're at the we're at the time of like, uh, how do I do this? Google? How do I, you know? How do we fix? You want to get an answer. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's just how do I need to be? Yeah. It's just to be in that moment, and it's um, it's important to do that. Mm-hmm. Like I think we want to fix. Unlike sometimes you just need a cuddle, Bobby. Yeah. Yeah. Like you know, it's that you know. When have you done skin to skin? Have you sat there today? You know, and it's people are and. Your life is not, yes, it will change, mm-hmm. but not what you think it will. Mm. And it, that's what everyone thinks like, oh, I won't be doing dinners and I won't do that and I won't travel. Yes, they've, they come, they turn into you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you, it's what you path. Like mm-hmm. if you want to go out every Friday night for dinner, <coughs> you take Bobby mm-hmm. and they'll sit there and eat with you guys, mm-hmm. you know, and travel, do that. You know, kids that are used to doing these things will adapt. I think it's so scary. You think, oh, my goodness, I'm a bear and I love to sleep. And everyone always says to me, how am I going to cope with no sleep? Yeah. Yeah. It's it's hard. I'm not mm. going to lie. It's like you just think, fuck, there's a fog and I'm e- am I ever going to get out of it? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But I promise you, you will. Yeah. With the right support <clears throat> and village, you will. Yeah. It, it does shift. I love that advice because when you said that last week, I was like, oh, yes, okay, like I'm fine. Yeah. You can get in your head again and I'm like, ah. Yeah. But I know it'll, as someone we were speaking to a couple of weeks ago, one of our friends, he's like, yes, your life changes, but it changes for the best. And I'm like, I'm keeping that quote in my phone. And Mm. whenever I have these thoughts, I need to go back to that and remember. I even go back now going, shit, what did I do with my time before kids? Yeah. Mm. Like, what did I do? Did I sleep on Sunday afternoons? Like, I don't know. But. You forget what lot, not not in a bad way, but you sort of forget like this has always been part of you. Yeah. And so it's exciting time. Yeah. It really is. And I wish I could give you one book and says, I know, right? Here you go, raise your kids. And this is how it's going to look. Yeah. It would be easy for all of us, but there's not. Mm-hmm. And what you create in your household will look different to my household. Mm-hmm. But that's what's important because when you hear opinions, oh, you got to do this and my baby slept and those opinions come back Ooh, again, yeah. it's that, you know, you go like, oh, my goodness, and it's what you take out of it. Yeah. Talking about sleep, do you do sleep training or is that something you have to outsource? We outsource. Okay. And we, I work with our um, sleep consultants. Okay. And But I get you to understand what routine looks like. Babies don't understand routine when they're born. All Mm -hmm. they know, understand is feed, poop and sleep. They don't understand what order that comes in. So how important is a routine in a baby's schedule? There is no schedule, girl. Okay, okay, okay. (laughs) Not until they get to an understanding. After the 12 weeks, they sort of understand a little bit of routine where it's not like, oh, my God, they're in routine and they're going to have X, Y, Z. What happens is that you... You get yourself in a routine. Okay. You understand that sleep, feed, play kind of routine. So when baby does understand it, you're already in it. You're adapting 
you're not like then going, oh, should I have to get in a routine because then the baby's got to get in a routine? Mm-hmm. They will develop. So it's about nurturing what those weeks look okay. like. So, for example. Because that's like, another thing. It's like having a plan after. Like oh, yeah, I'm going to sleep school. I'm doing sleep training from X, Y, Z. Well, it doesn't look like that. And, yeah. t- and I always say to my clients, today won't look like tomorrow, mm-hmm. but that's okay. Yeah. Because that's when you think, oh, shit, I got it. I got it. Yeah, mm-hmm. I've got it. They're sleeping. And then tomorrow's like, oh, fuck, fuck that's me. not <laughs> what happened yesterday. Be yeah. grateful for the days that have yeah. yeah, and that's where it is. And it does shift and you will come to that six-week or 12-week. You're like, I get it. You'll be able to tell me mm-hmm. what Bubby's doing. Mm-hmm. You'll be like, okay, so these are the consecutive times that I know that it's sort of the same, mm-hmm. but it will change. And that's what's important. Then creating, getting your village, having your your consultants, I will tell, help you with settling and do all those those steps. Yeah. But it's about creating your team afterwards. Yeah. See, in my head, I was like, I thought there was like, so stupid, specific like sleep schedules that you just like pick up and then put that into your baby's routine. Well, there's so many sleep studies, like yeah. sleep, what, like there's everyone has different techniques and every technique won't align to you. Mm-hmm. You know, some are like, put baby down and, and you don't do this as a newborn, mm-hmm. okay, clearly stating out there before everyone starts. You do it at a certain stage. And I say to people, are you ready to do sleep training? Yeah. Are so you, when, what month would you do sleep training? 12 weeks, did you say? Or 12 weeks is when they sort of start to understand, understand. routine. They understand they're at the big world now. Uh-huh. Some people started at four months. Some people started at nine months. So up until the 12 weeks. Some people started at 12 f- months and yeah. then they go, yeah. So it's really go different. Some sleeps, you can know when someone's doing a sleep training, they don't leave the house. Yes. that I've seen recently <laughs> seen someone do that and they're like, I can't leave the house because I'm training yeah. my child to sleep. But we also need to look at your mental health. All right. Yep. So if you're stuck at home, focusing on sleep, mm-hmm. is that going to do well for you? So you've got to understand that when it is bedtime and I'm not an LC, mm-hmm. um, LC, a sleep consultant, is that you've got to understand is that when you're at home, you're doing routine, okay? okay. When you're out, you can continue doing you. Like if you're out and about and wanting to do certain things because people are like, I want to do rhyme time at the library and X, Y, and Z, they go out. Mm-hmm. I always say, because people call me like, oh, do you have a sleep consultant? I was like, yeah, I do. And I'm like, are you ready? To do it. Yeah, okay. Because it's work. You've got to start putting schedules in. Yeah. How long does the schedule go for? Depends on how long your baby takes. Ah. Yeah. Farah, my sister was lucky. She's got twins and they, maybe because it's a twin thing because they're in the same room. Yeah. Never had to do sleep training. They sleep Were they in special care? Um in the incubator yeah yeah, yeah. for like three days okay but they go to bed at seven and they've been great her whole like she's so lucky go to bed at seven don't wake up till like seven uh seven a.m eight a.m yeah but has she done the same routine not a routine but not like she won't go by time but it will still be the same Same routine yeah Yeah. but she's never been super strict about it whereas we've got a lot of friends that are like oh no sorry i can't go out and do this because i'm sleep training my child and that messes with our schedule but um, I always said maybe the twin thing is because they have each other in the room. You're having one baby or two? Oh, no, no, no. No, that was the first question I said to my OB. Okay. He goes, in my uh, scan, he's uh, like, oh, I see two legs. And I was like, what? What? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Goes, no, 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 two legs. <laughs> and I was like, oh, my God, they said two. No. Then I'm really panicked. No. But, um, yeah, I just, it was, it's interesting. It's, it's, yeah. a, it's a lot. And I wish there was one answer. Mm. To when things are going to, you know, and mm. everyone's different. I remember with my first, I got a sleep consultant at nine months. Yeah. 
Um, and it was just tweaking a couple of things. Uh-huh. And then we got her sleeping through oh, the amazing. night. Yeah. Um, my youngest, because I saw what I could do, I was on it quicker. Yeah. So then I got her in her routine. And I was in COVID, so really I wasn't going anywhere. Yeah. So I could and put any sleep study. Yeah. I just had a, Tal and I have had so many mums on this podcast and a lot of their stories come back to at some stage they yeah. lose themselves. Yeah. And I'm just like I feel like having a child pregnancy is like what, probably the biggest transition of your life. Yeah. And if they had the support during mm. um, when it happened and after yeah. and they were prepared for every possible outcome, I'm not too sure if they would have gone through that identity crisis. Yeah, maybe not because also it depends on what stage they have children. Yeah, you know? because I just, I'm thinking of some of my friends and family that have kids and it's just like they get so anxious and flustered and at this time of the day and things like that. I'm like... If you had the, the tools in your toolkit, you wouldn't yeah. be getting flustered. And I always say I give you the toolkit, mm. but there's certain layers of a toolkit. If you look at toolkits, it's not always going to be on the top and you're True. always not going to grab it. Yeah. So you might want to use different layers of your toolkit mm. at different stages. We do as mums, and I think it's because you look at it and you think, oh, my God, am I going to be stuck here doing this forever? Mm. Well, like that's, probably the, yeah. that's yeah. probably the anxiety tell, and I don't want to speak for you, yeah. tell. The anxiety you're feeling because you've had so many conversations about women's life completely turning to shit. Not shit, but 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 like a completely different life that they probably mentally weren't prepared for. Yeah. Mm. Or they've, yeah, 100%. Mm. And it is and you feel like the fog. And that's why, you know, perinatal, like, postpartum, even pregnancy, because some people struggle during pregnancy. It's Mm. not a journey what... You know, there are people that say, I love pregnancy. Mm. And then some people are like, fucking hate it. And I don't yeah. want, I just want this baby out of me because there are other things that are factoring that, that they can't do their normal day. Mm. And then all of a sudden it hits them like, is this my life? I'm yeah. going to always feel like this. But getting your support. And we do at one stage, you go, oh, well, I just I'm going to be doing nappies and I'm going to be doing this. Yeah. And will I have my career? And the other thing is, is that when you have a career and you think, I have to. Like, do I? I'm going to have to do my ride of having a baby yeah. kind of aspect, and then that's when you're like, I've let go of me. Mm. Yeah, but you shouldn't have to let go of you if you, you know, and you know, sometimes partners and things they're working because you've got, you know, you've and life shifts, but it's it's important to have that person that you can call mm. that's it's, not a friend. Yeah. The more I go through this and, like, the things, like, because when you were just saying that, I had this thought the other day. It's so, I can't even believe I'm going to say this. But the emotions that you get during pregnancy are wild. Like, and we'll talk about, like, how I felt at the start. Like, Have you had crazy dreams? I did at the start. Okay. Not now. At the start. (laughs) That's a big big thing. Really? At the start, I was having the weirdest. Yes. And I never dream or I obviously dream. I don't remember. But at the start, I was having the weirdest dreams. But it's so weird the emotions that you feel through yeah. your pregnancy. Like at the start, I and this, if anyone's listening and has gone through this or is going to be pregnant soon, get a doula because I felt so isolated and I felt depressed because I couldn't really tell people at that stage. I mean, yeah. you can, there's no rules, but I chose not to for like the first week or so. 
Um, and I felt so down in the dumps and depressed because of all yeah. the hormones. And even my partner, Damon, was like, I cannot deal with you like this for nine months. Like, yeah. you need to tell Sarah or something because I cannot deal with it. But it's if you had that support and help through someone to talk to, it would be helped. It would have helped so much. Yeah. Because it's a wild Isolating. roller coaster. I was going somewhere with that, and Wait. I can't remember now. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, like from <laughs> a, yeah, that. I know, right? From a friend perspective, and yeah. being with Tal since five weeks on this journey. <laughs> Sorry, about um, that. we salads. Sarah gonna be a doula. Yeah. I can train you. Seriously, <laughs> she won't want me in there. Yeah. Trust me, actually, like please. No, um, we were just speaking also to Amelia Webb, Tal told her, and yeah. Tal was saying about her experience, and I don't want to told to dismiss the first like week saying she yeah. felt like that because Tal has had really horrible morning sickness and yeah. there was a stage nine, ten at nine and ten weeks where Tal didn't get out of bed for two, three days mm, yeah. and she was on the phone quite emotional and she's like, I'm actually depressed. She's like, I want to be doing things. I've been stuck in this place for the last two days and yeah. I just don't because she doesn't feel good, then that spirals her mm. in like yeah. Even deep in spiral. Health. Mental yeah. health. Exactly mm. right. It, it is because you don't. Like you think it's going to be great. Mm. Yeah. And you think it's just I'm going to oh. feel good and it's your body. Your body's doing a lot in that first trimester. Yeah. That's where I was going before. I have the thoughts and the anxiety and stuff. Like even the other day I was thinking, like I was just thinking and I was like, oh, wow, this is so bad. But it's like, oh, wow, I'm stuck with a child for the rest of my life. And then I was like, tell you, what the fuck are you thinking? Like, stop. This is amazing. Yeah. But it's like, you're right. It's like, it's, it's, I don't know, it's just an emotional roller coaster. Mm. And I'm so excited. I'm so grateful and, like, so happy. But, yeah, the thoughts that you have, you can get yourself in a dark place very quickly. Yeah, and because you, you think it's, and our mind automatically goes that way, mm-hmm. you know, and you just go, oh. You know, and because, you know, we're on social media, you exactly. read it, you see yeah. the rarity of a lot of people that mm-hmm. are going through, which is good because it's their way of, you know, releasing, mm-hmm. but it also scares. Oh, absolute shit out of you. You know, yeah. and I also, the one big thing about what I talk about is, is it, when you talk about empowerment, is it empowerment or judgment? Mm-hmm. And so when someone's giving you advice, no matter with your journey, even when your daughter, you know, like people are like with my daughters, they're six, you know, when they're 10, they're like, oh, so you're going to do this for school? And you're like, you just, you you Mm -hmm. filter it differently. At this stage, you're very much like you want to learn. And then all of a sudden you're like, nah, it's okay. Mm -hmm. I won't. We'll do. You do you, boo, and I'll be doing me. Like you be, you'll get to that point. But at the start, it's you've, you're like a sponge at this stage. Mm-hmm. Are you a Googler? Uh, look, <laughs> I, yes. I Usually like, I am and I have been Googling a bit, but the most thing that I Google is can I eat this? Can I have this? Can I eat this? Yeah, yeah. I haven't really – I did Google the other day about that ligament pain because I felt something weird and I was like, oh, is it too early for this? Yeah. Um, I do, but I'm trying not to. Yeah. But we do. We yeah. Do. Yeah. Yeah. I always say to my clients, if you're about to Google, can you text me? Yeah. Because you want to be able to read the right information mm. too. Exactly. And with Google, it's interesting. I know we spoke about this last week. 
when I'm like, can I eat hummus or whatever it is? Yeah. And usually the first thing that comes up is the American laws. Yeah. So you read it and I'm like, oh, yes, I can have it all, whatever. And yeah. then you have to deep dive and then you find the Australian. And the American one always comes up. Like I've been craving sushi so bad. Yeah. And I just Googled it and I'm like, oh, surely I can have like cooked tuna sushi. Like, so I Googled it. And in America, it's not as strict as here. They don't have many <coughs> guidelines. No. And I was like, oh, I can. Like, and then I was reading the Australian one. I was like, oh, I'll publish. Like, maybe I'll just wait a few more months, like, yeah, you know, yeah. and not have it. But yeah, it's Google is an interesting space. Have you had any cravings yet? Okay. So, yes. And it's so weird. I think I said this to you last yeah. week iceberg lettuce, I- vinegar, and ketchup manis. It's so rank, but it's the only thing I could eat for days. And um, grilled tofu. I, I don't know why. Everything that I used to love, I now hate. Yeah. Can't drink oat lattes. Haven't had an oat latte for like three weeks. Can't eat yogurt. I used to eat yogurt every day. Okay. Um, hot chocolates. I used to have one before bed every night. Cannot. Um, so things that I religiously used to have all the time cannot. Have stomach. you wanted to carb load? Like, no. You or were- at the start, mm. sorry, at the start. <laughs> She's like, yeah, yeah. No, 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 sorry. <laughs> at the start when I was quite sick, like probably week six, yeah. I was only eating toast. Toast yeah. and Vegemite, I couldn't stomach anything else. Yeah. But even now, like, I'm starting to eat normal foods, but I don't feel like anything. Yeah. So, like, my partner would be like, what do you want for dinner? I'm like, I honestly don't feel like anything. Like, the thought of food, like, ugh, makes me want to gag. I get that. Yeah. Wateriness in your mouth. I just don't feel like anything. So, it's been hard trying to get back to normal foods and stuff because I generally don't really feel like anything because yeah. the thought of it makes me feel sick. But once I eat it, I'm fine. Yeah, yeah. But, um, yeah, the cravings is weird, like acidic acidic things, wow. like the vinegar. The and vinegar. I'm craving a lot of fruit. Okay. Um, which I'm fructose. Oranges? Oranges, pineapple, um, apples, and How watermelon. did you know oranges? Because <laughs> you crave, like, vitamin C. Do you? Yeah, so some people either love and they're like, I've never really had orange juice and I'm just, like, have yeah. liters of it. And most people, it's one big comment. Or then they like dairy. So they like, I love milk. can't do dairy. But they like, I never had oranges in my whole life. And now I'm like needing orange yeah. juice. It's yeah. so funny. Um, and then I'm your body fructose needs. intolerant yeah. since I was like 14. And I'm not allowed to have apples and all that kind of stuff. But when I was craving it, I'm like, I'm just going to try an apple. You'll I'm notice. Fine. And it's not always, so don't crap. But sometimes your intolerance has changed during pregnancy. I've read this. And so I'm finally eating the things that I could never eat. Like, so yeah. I just tried a mango the other day and I was like, oh, I didn't feel sick. Yeah. So um, stuff like that I'm craving. But, yeah, the coffee it's thing. It's not for you. It's for baby. Well, that's not <laughs> yeah. She's a healthy little gal. Yeah. Um, but the coffee, the oat coffee thing really annoys me because it's like my favourite part of my morning. Is it the the The, the oat, milk. The milk. I can drink. I've been having like Macona, like at home yeah. powder coffee craving with no right. milk. But anything milky. Makes you. I can't. Like my, one of our friends the other day after boxing, she was like, do you want to go get a coffee? And I was like, I'm sorry, I can't even sit there. Like wow, seeing them come out and making it, I'm like, it just makes me feel a certain way and I can't. Hopefully, as you go, I hope so because I really do enjoy my morning coffee. Uh But I've kind of been, I'm creating new routines. Like, I would never make a powdered coffee at home in the morning because I was like, 
I don't enjoy it, but now I'm really enjoying it. And I'm saving 550 a day. <laughs> <laughs> so it's all beneficial. But put that towards the cost of a doula. Exactly. <laughs> I know. I thought that the other day, I'm like, well, this is like this much a week. I should be putting that in a separate bank account, like, because I'm not spending it on coffee. Mm. But um, yeah, it's pregnancy cravings are very odd. It is. Yeah. And that stage where you just generally don't feel like any, like the thought of eating anything makes me gag. I still gag. We were at the cafe before and there was this weird Did you have smell. signs before you were pregnant? Like did you? <laughs> I'm a high gag. straight away. Really? Oh, I knew straight away. I knew before I even did my test. Yeah. So I had sore boobs. Yeah. Um, and I just felt, I'm quite in tune with my body. Yeah. I just felt, this is going to sound so weird, but I kind of felt this like maternal thing in me. I don't know what it was, but yeah. I was just like, gonna have a baby in nine months like I just knew um and then the day that I did the test I was like I did I've done a video of it because I was like oh I want to keep like yeah. a record of things and like I don't even really look that shocked because I kind of just knew I yeah, was yeah. like oh like I'm pregnant wow <laughs> I already knew that yeah but no I don't know I just felt a certain way wow I knew it was so weird even my partner, like, he's like, you're pregnant. Have you done a test yet? I'm like, no, no, I don't want to do a test until the day of my period because I'm very much 28 days all the time. Okay, so you wanted to. I was like, I don't want to do it before because I also so don't want to So did you get up, like, that first thing in the morning? No. I no. went to the gym. I did a few things. And then do you know what day it was? The day that we were, um, went to Lauren's to get your haircut. Oh. I did the <laughs> – I did it that day. So I, when before I went there. Before haircut or after? Yes, before. So I went there and I was like. I'm like, oh, my God, I'm pregnant. Like, it's just fucking weird. Like, I'm yeah. just like, so I had to pretend. Like, that's what I mean. There's a stage when you don't, it's the weirdest thing. Like, yeah. I want to tell you, but I can't because I haven't really told Damien yet. <laughs> so I was like, I need to tell Damien first. But there's this weird stage where it's so isolating mm. and you're like internally in your yeah. head. But, um, yeah, I knew. And like I said, Damien knew. Yes. Yeah, and I was grumpy. Like, I'm usually not PMSy. And everything was irritating me. So did you know before she told Fuck no. <laughs> okay. She didn't. I, no, she didn't I was out me. on the weekend and I was offering her drinks. And <laughs> oh, my God, there you go. And I so was like, you weren't that BMSE then? Not no, to me. No, not to her, but <laughs> okay. to at home I was. But okay, it was so funny good. because that night we went out to watch the Matildas. Again, I hadn't done the test, so I wasn't 100% sure, yeah. but I knew. And I had this bloody margarita in my hand for like two hours. And they're like, why are you not drinking it? And I was like, oh, I still have a little bit of barley valley from barley. Yeah. Like I felt sick. I'm like, the smell makes me want to gag. I knew I was pregnant yeah, that yeah. night. But I did She's know, like, oh. but I hadn't have done the test. And I'm like, fuck, how am I going to get out of this? Like I'm trying to tip it down the thing. So, yeah, it's it made me realize like, and I know this anyway, but it made me realize that every single person that you meet has something going on in their life and yeah. just to be gentle and kind. You don't know. It you made don't. me, I was kind of angry a little bit at people. N- not angry, but yeah. I was like, oh, fuck you. Like like that day we had a photo shoot <laughs> and they made me, they're like, oh, we've got to pick up this heavy couch. And I'm thinking in my head, fuck, I'm pregnant. Like I probably shouldn't be lifting that couch. But also, yeah. and the other girl's like, oh, I've got a bulging disc. I can't. I'm like, fuck, I'm going to have to lift it. And then I was like, Fuck, people are annoying. Like they expect you to do things, but you don't know what they what's going on in their it's life. Not their, their fault. Body. They don't. I know, know but I do the same thing. Yeah. But it made me really realize 
I don't know what people are going through. Does she I, really have a bulge disc or she? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. But it just made me realise to be a lot kinder to people. And not that I didn't know this, yeah. but be a lot kinder to people and just be a little bit, I wouldn't say empathetic, but I don't know. Just You just don't know what people are going through. You don't. Got, what's going on in people's lives. Yeah. So that was an interesting stage. It is. And I, I think working in the IVF industry, when I fell pregnant, I told people straight away. Yeah. Because you it's you want people around if something exactly. doesn't, you know. Yeah. And, it, you know, things can change at any stage. Yeah. And I actually got asked last night, I had a Zoom with a couple and they asked me what I'm like in a place of when things don't go right. Mm. That's a good question. Okay. Know, so that's a good question if you yeah. want to ask. Um, and I have a medical, like the medical background of where I, how I used to work, so that sort of doesn't trigger me mm-hmm. but I wanted when I fell pregnant I wanted people to know because mm-hmm. it's also really hard for people that not around that if you do miscarry they don't know what's going on yeah. and you want that support absolutely so it's really important I'm not saying to go spread it across the world if you wanted to that's great mm-hmm. but pick your people that and if you something is to happen yeah they'll be there for you. And that's exactly what I did. And then, like, obviously there was a period there where I didn't tell people, but I it needed it to sink into my head for a little bit yeah. and let Damien and I, like, wow, this is happening. But I told my close friends, everyone that I see all the time, yeah. uh, my trainer, my parents. You need to tell him. Yeah, absolutely. My <laughs> Pilates instructor. Like, yeah, I yeah, told, they change things for yeah, you. Yeah, I told people that I know are, like, my your core community yeah. and core group of friends and stuff because same thing. I was like, if anything happens and I don't express that I'm pregnant, I've got no one to – I don't want to internally have to deal with that by mm. myself. I know yeah. my friends are amazing. My family is amazing. I know if I needed them, they'd be there at the drop of a hat. And it's not nothing to be ashamed of. No. And I think – I don't know what it, where it even came from for us to not even – want to share that yeah I don't know if it was a stigma or a big taboo back in the day but like why why I don't know it's so crazy so I did tell close friends and family and obviously at around 13 weeks like I've gone yeah. public only because with our work and things that I do and stuff I'm like well, you be, might be lifting couches another time <laughs> yeah exactly so you need exactly. to tell me <laughs> yeah so I was like I can't keep hiding this now and I kind of I'm so excited now I'm like I want to share the news yeah yeah but it's um, and I'm being uh, like on a social platform. People are like, hmm, yeah. Well, yeah. I told like one of my girlfriends the other day. She's like, I knew. I'm like, how? She's like, you were being weird. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, okay. Wearing baggy t-shirts, not yeah. showing the I know at the gym, like usually I'm like in a crop and like showing off our telly acting yeah, wear. Yeah. All of a sudden, I'm wearing baggy t-shirts <laughs> and like not taking content. But um, I think it's so important if anyone's listening to just tell your tribe, as you would yeah. say, um, because. You need that support, and that's something I've learned, like, through this pregnancy. It's shit doing it by yourself and with your partner. Yeah, you need to. You do. Yeah. You need to have your team. Exactly. Always. Always. I want to talk about your team. So you work closely with Dr. Joe. Yeah. Why Dr. Joe? Question. Yeah. (laughs) Dr. Joe was actually my mentor when I was studying. Oh, okay. Um, If Obviously, people have seen Joe on social Mm -hmm. media. He's very... Not only is he a very skilled obstetrician, but he explains things so well. Okay. So he's got an analogy for everything. You see his reels and his lives. Um, and so I 
would sit in his office and I asked, you know, we would sit and we would chat and talk about things and mm. I wanted to be and I sort of educated him about mm-hmm. doulas. In a Did different he have a stigma? They all have a stigma. Oh, so he did too. Okay. Yeah. Not that he has stigma, but there was a clash. Okay. Yeah. Not a clash, but I shouldn't say that, but it's more of a, there's a, I don't know. Threatened? A thing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. In the medical world. Yeah. And he didn't have it, but we, we sort of, you know, and our practices at IVF practices used to work very closely with Joe, mm-hmm. so we I knew the team very well. So, um you know, we sort of chatted and saw things and I now get to the point that and he, he's, he's mentioned it in his, I know what he's going to say before he says it. Yeah, and that's good. You want to work with an OB and a doula that have the connection like that. Yeah. From my point of view, I would. Yeah. yeah. So it's very much of because I wanted to support women in the hospital mm-hmm. setting, you know, and working in IVF, so many people just like the first trimester, are doing so much on their own mm-hmm. and wanting to have that person to talk to. Um, and I love the IVF world. He's an IVF specialist, so it's one big core reason why I work there. And, you know, I'm in awe of watching his space. Yeah. Uh, honestly, I get to see when things don't go to plan, um, how he responds and yeah. how he works. It's just... Um, it's a team environment upstairs. I remember once he said something to me in a birth and he's like, all right, team, we'll see you later. Mm. You have it. I was like, mate, where are you going? You're the, you're the head coach. <laughs> like, you're, And so it was very much like and it's not unusual for him to walk into a space to see fairy lights because I set up the birth space um, and to have, you know, certain aspects that poor Joe's always, all my clients are birthing in the dark. And so he's doing it all with a little spotlight above oh, his wow. head. So, and that's because I'm creating an environment. Uh-huh. So, um, I think at the start he would be like, "Ness, is that your fairy lights?" I was like, "Yep." He doesn't ask anymore because they're always standard. Uh-huh. Um, but we we do foster a team, and that's really important. So that's why I, I work with him, and uh-huh. I'm honoured to be in his space. Yeah, I yeah. love that. Yeah. Do you see the the demand for doulas growing? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Even Joe said he out of years of experience, oh, like as being an obstetrician, it's like not since the last, well, well, three years that things have started to change. Change. Wow. And you know, doulas have always been around. Mm. Not even just in, they're huge in the states and huge in the UK. Um, it's just that people don't don't know about us, or they've heard certain things, mm. or they're just like. Where do I even find a doula? Mm. Where do I go? Or I've, you know, they're starting to do a lot of research and that's what women do. We do now. We're there and like, oh, I want a positive birth, so how do we do it? Mm. They look at the statistics of having a doula in that space um, to people searching for it. And when you tell people like, oh, I wish I had a doula. Yes. Like, oh, I wish I had, you know, I wish I had her. Mm. Like, you know. Um, A client said to and said to us, because I get some clients speak at like information nights. One of the clients says, You don't know you needed her until you had her. Mm-hmm. And so that's, you don't know until you know. That's right? it. So until you explore that, even if you're not in Melbourne, you're anywhere, like search, yeah. find it. You've got to feel connected with whoever your team is. You can is. interview as many doulas as you want. And it's the yeah, one of you course. can actually connect Yeah. And it's yeah. the same with your it's healthcare like, providers. Yeah. You know, you're not going to. If you can't talk to your doula, you don't want to be scared of your doula. Exactly. Like so you true. want to be able to 
chat. What's some last bit of advice for anyone who is listening who might be pregnant, who are planning? Get a doula. Is that where you're going yeah. with it? No, like even tips and tricks, like something I learned from you is you don't need to know if you're having a natural birth or a cesarean until like 30-something weeks. Don't think about it. Mm. Don't be tunnel vision. Yeah. Yeah. Do your research of what you, you what what's out there mm. and know your options. It's really, really important. Um, and, you know, you shouldn't be making a decision at 13 weeks to go, I'm going to have a cesarean yep. based on someone else's story. Um, you, you need to... To learn about birth, mm-hmm. yeah, yes, it's not linear, and it will will go out and funnel, but knowledge is power. So learn aspects. If you're birthing in a hospital, create that environment that makes you feel safe. Yeah. If you're having a cesarean birth, mimic those things in that space as well. So just find your team. That's all I say is not just about birth because we focus so much on birth. It's after. Yeah. So all of it. Is important. I thought you were going to ask me something completely different. Uh, funny things that I've seen in the birth space. Oh, no. <laughs> I feel like there's so many other areas I want to go to, but probably don't have enough time. Like, yeah. even want to talk about the public and private health systems, yeah. like yeah. hospitals. And yeah. so I think that's like a huge topic, but I feel like we probably don't have enough time. Mm. But I want to. Can I, I feel like I can announce this now, but you're bringing out a podcast. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so there are things that you'll probably talk about on your podcast too. Yes, like there's like, lots of stuff. Yeah. I literally could talk about birth. Tips and, and tricks. For like tricks. ever. I yep. said to you guys, time, like count me down. Yeah. To off the podcast. <laughs> no, yeah. I mean there's so, like I said, there's so many things we can talk about. We, but your podcast will be coming out probably around November and there's so many. We've already seen what subjects you're going to talk about <laughs> mm. and I'm so excited because yeah. – I just can relate to you. You make me feel comfortable. And oh, there's a lot of information out there. Yes. A lot. So, and I think what you just said before, it's good to find your team and feel that connection. Yeah. So we're very excited for that to come out. Thank you. Yeah. Where can people find you? So I have my Instagram page, yep. which is Vanessa. Solerno underscore doula. Yeah, which we'll put it in the notes. Too. Yeah, yep. and uh, www.vanessathedoula.com.au because I had that name and people would say, oh, she's the doula. Uh-huh. So that's where that came from. So yeah. I'm the Vanessa the doula. So, okay, yeah. I've got one more question because I don't, yeah. um, people are probably thinking this, but if they wanted to work with you, you only work with clients that see Dr. Joe. Yes. Okay. I feel like that needed to be. Yeah. yeah, but I do do birth education. Okay. So there are different ways I do postpartum journey. Mm-hmm. If people are wanting to do, even to advocate to help to find yourself a doula. Yeah. I'm happy to always get you that support that you need. Amazing. Amazing. Yeah. We love that. Thank yes. you so much for coming on. No worries. Thanks Thank for having you. me. Guys. Thank you. It's us again. We're back. It's Tully and Sarah, and if you don't know, we have an activewear brand called Tully Lou. And we have Australia's favourite leggings, but not only do we have leggings, we've got hoodies, we've got outerwear. We've got everything that you may need for an active lifestyle. So we want to give you guys an offer if you've never shopped at Tully Lou, or if you've shopped at Tully Lou, and you just want $15 off your next order, you need to take this offer, and it's T-L-Cherry, all caps, all one word, 
and pop that in at checkout and you will get $15 off. So head to our website. It's www.tallyloo.com or head to our Instagram, stalk our page, use the code and let's get you all in some TL. And welcome to the family. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. 